Hello there, this is Evangelist Timothy Groover coming to you with yet another edition of the Word of the King. Today on today on the Word of the King, we are going to be discussing uh, Do not be a swamp. Open your mouth for Jesus. Again, we're going to be discussing how not to be a swamp. Okay, you just need to open your mouth for Jesus. It was pointed out uh, this morning by a preacher about how many professing Christians today, they're like a swamp. A swamp has an inlet, but it has no outlet. And a Christian who does not testify of Jesus is like a swamp. They may even be sitting underneath the preaching of the Word of God week in and week out, but yet, if they're not testifying, if they're not lifting up the very Word of God, speaking the words which are spirit and truth, they have no outlet. They're just taking it all in. And ultimately, we know the Lord taketh no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but the wicked turn from his way and live. Dear brother, dear sister in Christ, there are souls perishing. There's a brother, there's a sister in need of encouragement. Don't be like a swamp. Don't just take all the word of God you can in, but then not speak it forth like a swamp that has an inlet but has no outlet. Before we get started here in the word of the king, I'm going to go ahead here and I'm going to have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come before you, dear Lord God, and I just want to thank you, dear Lord God, that you have given not only myself, but every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, something to shout about. You've given us the good tidings of peace, dear Lord God. Help us, dear God, to put on the whole armor of you, the living God, every day, dear Lord God, to put on the Lord Jesus, as we're exhorted, having our feet shooed with preparation of the gospel of peace, and being, as the psalmist exhorts there, to have the word of God in our hand, and, and Lord God, just to uh, have the praises of you, the living God, Coming forth from us, dear Lord God, and a sharp two-edged sword in our right hand, that sharp two-edged sword being the word of you, the living God. Now, Lord God, I just pray today, dear God, that even as um, your word is spoken throughout this broadcast, dear God, that even as we read there in St. Luke chapter 24 about how the disciples testified about how their hearts burned within them, even as you, Lord, spoke your words unto them, dear God, I'm reminded of how your word is like as a fire, Lord God, I pray that your word would go forth like as a fire, Lord God, burning in the hearts of all who hear this message today. Be glorified now, blessed Father, blessed Son, blessed Holy Ghost, through the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, for it's in Jesus' name I pray and give thanks. Amen. I'm going to read here, a devotional here from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Faith's Checkbook, entitled, Looking for Him. Hebrews 9, 28, Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. This is our hope. He to whom we have already looked as coming once to bear the sins of many will have another manifestation to the sons of men. This is a happy prospect in itself. But that second appearing has certain peculiar marks which glorify it exceedingly. Our Lord will have ended the business of sin. He has so taken it away from his people and so effectually borne its penalty that he will have nothing to do with it at his second coming. He will present no sin offering, for he will have utterly put sin away. Our Lord will then complete the salvation of his people. They will be finally and perfectly saved, and will in every respect enjoy the fullness of that salvation. He comes not to bear the result of our transgressions, but to bring the result of his obedience, not to remove our condemnation, but to perfect our salvation. Our Lord thus appears only to those who look for him. He will not be seen in this character by men whose eyes are blinded with self and sin. To them he will be a terrible judge and nothing more. We must first look to him, then look for him, and in both cases our look shall be life. Again, Hebrews 9.28 Under them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. 
That's the July 20th devotional. Take it from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Face Checkbook. I like how the Lord, by His Spirit, led Spurgeon to put that in there, about how our Lord thus appears only to those who look for Him, and He will not be seen in this character by men whose eyes are blinded with self and sin. Again, a swamp has an inlet, but has no outlet. And a Christian who does not testify of Jesus Christ is like a swamp, taking all the word of God he or she can in, but not speaking the words out, not giving out the light that they take in on a daily, on a weekly basis. If that's not selfish, if that's not sin, hey, if that describes you listening, are you really looking for Jesus? I'm told as you are here in Paul's letter to Timothy, the second epistle, Paul wrote to Timothy, chapter 1. Paul writes, under inspiration of God, in verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. Verse 9, Who hath saved us, and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, verse 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Verse 11, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And then in verse 12, Paul writes, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Why are many professing Christians like a swamp? They take in all the word of God they can, just like a swamp has an inlet. They don't give the word of God out. They don't speak the word of God. As those with an outlet. They're like a swamp that has no outlet. Well, fear of man... Where God says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. We're told, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. So, why are you, perhaps you're listening right now, professing Christian, why are you like a swamp, taking all the word of God you can in, but not giving it out? Why are you fearing man? Why are you fearing the, the devil and his angels when the Lord Jesus Christ has made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them, and the death that he died on the cross in his resurrection from the dead. Why are you fearing man whose days are as a shadow? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Hey, such fear will cause you to walk as one who is ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And you wouldn't even think, had you been back in Paul's day, of joining him as a prisoner for Jesus Christ. No. Don't be a swamp. Open your mouth for Jesus. The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament sheweth his handiwork. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, Christian. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. How can you profess a good profession before many witnesses? If you're like a swamp that has an inlet, no outlet, you're taking all the word of God you can in, but you're not giving it out. Hey, we're told in Paul's one letter to the church of Corinth, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifies. Hey, if you take all the word of God you can in and you just keep taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, but you don't ever give it out, 
You're allowed to become puffed up. Oh, but charity is going to drive you. The love of Christ will constrain you. To give the word of God out. To speak the word of God. The psalmist David declared, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Hey, you say you believed? On the Lord Jesus Christ, on the salvation? And repentance toward God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ? Then open your mouth for Jesus. Testify of his amazing grace. Even as Paul exhorts Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We're told, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. The bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Verse 9, we're told that this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Verse 10, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Hey, we're exhorted to labor and to suffer reproach, suffer shame, false accusation. How be it? Having evildoers come against us, hating us for for our love of the Lord and for them as our neighbor. Because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Are you willing to labor? Are you willing to suffer reproach? You who call yourself a Christian? Even as you claim to have trusted in the living God who is the Savior of all men? Especially of those that believe. If you're not willing, from the bottom of your heart, to suffer Reproach and to labor, claiming to have trusted in the living God, who is the Savior of all men. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Call out to God in repentance. And ask Him to deliver you from your, what I'll define as spiritual dumbness. Dumb, can't speak, not willing to speak. Ask God to help you overcome that. And may you never, never, ever subject yourself there's such a spirit of silence and all the while claiming to love Jesus Christ and living God. We're told Paul's first epistle to Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will of all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus Christ has been given as a ransom, a payment for all to be testified in due time. To be testified. Hey, if you're like a swamp, having an inlet but having no outlet, oh, you'll take all you can of Jesus in, so to speak. But you won't give him out. How? Is his ransom to be testified in due time? If someone doesn't open up their mouth, for and about Jesus Christ. Don't you dare look over to the person on the left or to the person on the right as though it's just their obligation to speak out. Like a lot of you look at the, the pastor as though he's the one who's supposed to be doing that and you in the pew, you don't get no obligation to do that. Wrong. You claim Jesus Christ died for you and rose, he rose from the dead for you. You have an obligation to testify in due time. You must open your mouth you can't be like a swamp, having an inlet, but having no outlet. 
We're told in the book of Romans. Turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I read in Romans chapter 10. Verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of good things. Hey, you're a Christian. You possess glad tidings of good things. If you're not born again, if you're not washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, if you're not a Christian, you can know today the glad tidings of good things. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. How for God so loved the world, not including you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that including you, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, and even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life, that whosoever includes you. Dear listener, Romans 10.9 reads, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Hey, you're listening. And you're Jewish. I say unto you, Jesus is Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. We're coming around here. It's almost another Rosh Hashanah. We're almost coming around to another time that they know as Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Rosh Hashanah being known as the Jewish New Year. Hey, we're told that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. In the Torah, the law of Moses. Book of Leviticus, specifically chapter 17. Told the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 22. We know that almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness. Your faith must be in the blood, and yet we're told neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the eternal place, having obtained redemption for us. For Jew and Gentile alike, a de redemption, and that eternal redemption, redemption that never fades away, that never ends, has been obtained through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, believe on him. Jewish or Gentile, believe on him. Today, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, for everyone that believeth. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're told in Revelation 21, verse 8, But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. First command, was given at Sinai, thou shalt have no other gods before me, thus said the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of Moses, the God of heaven and earth, who came down in the person of Jesus Christ, who also said, in St. John 14, 6, it is written, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He also said, in St. John chapter 8, it is written, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus Christ was none other than the great I am come down to earth as Emmanuel, God with us. Conceived of the Holy Ghost in the womb of that virgin, Mary. And by the way, Roman Catholic, she did not stay a virgin. She had other children, Joseph. And there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Not Mary. Not some priest that you blasphemously call father. When Jesus said, call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. It's told in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works that man should boast. Who or what are you bowing down to? Who or what are you looking to for peace, insurance, in this life and in the life to come? That's your God, if he's not. The great I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is manifest in the flesh is the Lord Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, there are three that bear record in heaven, we're told in 1 John. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, these three are one. You don't believe that. You're Antichrist, according to God. You best repent and depart from whatever cult is teaching you that. Because anybody that denies the Godhead is just that. They're part of a cult. Praise be to the Lord. God is good. Do you believe that? God is good. Again, don't be like a swamp. Swamp. It has an inlet, but it doesn't have an outlet. Are you taking in all the Word of God you can? Going on to church, sitting in the pew, week in, week out, maybe even reading your Bible on a daily basis. But you're not going out. You're not telling anybody about Jesus. You're not speaking the Word with your spirit and life, spirit and truth. Hey, you got to speak the words of life. <laughs> If anybody's going to come to the life, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And yes, Christian, you may not be a pastor, but you got an you got an obligation before God, who you call your Lord and you call your Savior. You may not be a missionary, but you got an obligation before the one you call your God and Savior. You may not be a teacher, you may not be an evangelist, but you have an obligation before your God and Savior. So not be like a swamp. It has no outlet. But, take in all the word of God you can, get edified, draw closer to God Almighty by it, with the power of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. But then go out as one with an outlet. And speak the word from your heart. Make the melody in your heart. Let the melody come out as one filled with the Holy Ghost. And ask God to help you not to be discouraged in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. Well, the book of Proverbs talks about there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not cleansed in their filthiness. And indeed, when we look at this current generation, they seem to be, indeed, a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not cleansed from their filthiness. Oh, but the water of the Word of God, the pure water of the Word of God will take care of the filthiness of any generation if that generation will just look to the Word, look to the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith, and live through faith in his shed blood alone. Jesus Christ made it very clear. St. John 6, 44. No man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Oh, may God the Father draw you even now. Lost sinner listening to this edition of the Word of the King. Christian, listen. Perhaps in your heart, becoming more and more like a prodigal or just getting discouraged in the midst of the battle, may God encourage you through this message. 
draw all the more close to your heavenly Father, who has already promised in agreement with the Son and in agreement with the Holy Ghost that will never leave you nor forsake you. We're told in St. John, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Believe what is written. Search the scriptures. Jesus said, for in them you think ye have eternal life. It is written in Acts chapter 26. Paul testifying here before King Agrippa. Verse 21. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Verse 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none of the things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. There, Paul. Notice, the Pharisee of the Pharisees. Hebrew of the Hebrews. Having a righteousness as touching the law which was blameless, and yet he counted it all dung, that he might know Christ and the righteousness which is by faith, in and of him alone, and not of the law. Here, he testified that he spake, he said, none of the things and those which the prophets and Moses said should come. Oh, he took in all he could of the word of God, given through Moses and given through the prophets. Oh, but as soon as the grace of God got a hold of him and he received that grace, he couldn't help but speak those things which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Verse 23 of Acts 26, that Christ should suffer, that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should shoot light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Oh, St. John chapter 1, verse 4 says, In him, speaking of Jesus Christ, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In the beginning was the Word, we're told in verse 1 of St. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Capital G, O, D. Get it straight, Watchtower. We're told all things were made by him, and without him was not a thing made that was made. He is the creator. Come down from heaven to earth to reveal his glory, even as his glory was contained in a human body, with flesh and bone. And he arose so that all who believe on him might live, and death may not have any dominion over them. Hey, if death has no dominion over you, Sin has no dominion over you. When you don't know how to shout about that, you have become as a swamp, having an inlet, but as it were, no outlet. You call yourself a Christian. Open up your mouth. Shout for Jesus. Give the word out. Be willing to go. Wheresoever his spirit leads you in this world. We're told... Thou shalt not commit adultery. Told in the book of Hebrews that whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Jesus said, that Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Sinner, listening, you look just one time. God knows you're guilty. You look just one time upon a member of the opposite sex with lust in your heart, desiring, to have that sexual intimacy, to even give them just a kiss. God says you're guilty of adultery. 
Whether it's you, the man, lusting after the woman, or you, the woman, lusting after the man in your heart. Just do it in your heart one time. God's going to hold you accountable for adultery. So for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. And indeed, adulterers shall not inherit the kingdom of God, we're told in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, in around there. We're told also, thou shalt not kill. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murder hath eternal life abiding in him. Just to have ungodly hatred in your heart for your neighbor. God equates that with murder in the heart. And he's going to hold you just as accountable for murder. As the one who actually pulls the trigger. Hey, it's appointed to man once to die. But after this, the judgment. As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess. Are you ready to face God? Death is no respecter of persons. Hey, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour of his coming. Well, when he comes, the trump's going to sound, and are you going to go? Jesus said, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Just like you couldn't do anything good to get born into your physical, physical family, your earthly family. You can't do anything good to get born into God's family. It's the gift of God. Titus 3.5 declares, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he hath saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You don't work for the gift. You just receive it. And yet, this world is full of religiosity and devil's religion. Define religion that is pure and undefiled based upon faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God as we have it. In the 66 books given to us as we have it in English today, in the King James Bible. We have a more sure word of prophecy in this King James Bible. Believe it. Jesus said it this way in St. John 6, 29. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Well, even as God is tugging at your heart, you call upon Jesus today, sinner. We're told, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Disobey your mom and dad one time. When they give you advice that is for your own good, it's sin. Thou shalt not covet that which is thy neighbor's. The covetous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Thou shalt not steal. Covetousness and theft go hand in hand. Covetousness is what leads to theft. And theft is just a manifestation of covetousness. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless and taketh his name in vain. You use the name of Jesus Christ, the name of God, in a manner that is empty, vain, how be it joking around with your friends in a manner that's loosely, or just using the name of God, the name of Jesus as a cuss word in your moment of rage, or even mentioning his name while you're singing a hymn in a pew, while you're thinking about the football game. It's always you use the name of God in vain, and it's blasphemy, and all blasphemers shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Hey, God says, you're cursed under the law, but Jesus Christ was made a curse for you, so that you need not be cursed for eternity, and suffer the wages of your sin for all eternity in a lake of fire. For it is written, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, but we're told in 1 John, but if we walk in the light, as he, God, is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. We confess our sins, he is faithful and just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So call upon the Lord Jesus Christ today, believing that he, God the Son, by the drawing of God the Father, by the conviction power of the Holy Ghost, God the Spirit, is able to save you. This has been the word of the King. And God Almighty will take up residence within your body. Live for him. This is the word of the King. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next week, God bless you and yours.